Moncrief on News Talk. I don't think that the way that you've been acting for the past however long has been a function of scheduling, Paul. And remember, before you argue, just how long it's been since you've returned a phone call or even answered the door. Or at least remember that I remember. I'm, I, I've just been crazy busy, really. So you, I mean, you still like want to be friends, right? Yeah, of course I do. Okay, good, great. Because I've been crazy busy too, but I, I always have time for my friends. What I don't have time for, though, is criminals. That's what I don't have time for. In fact, I have a professional obligation to report criminals. I mean, obviously, I work in the criminal courts. But friends, I always have time for those. That's Fatal Attraction. You can see new episodes every Sunday on Paramount. Plus, James Dempsey is with us uh, once again. Is this, like... Fatal Attraction, the movie. Yeah. Or based so, on that. Yeah, it is entirely based on that. It's actually part. So, like, obviously, if you're Paramount Plus, right, you have this back catalogue of things. I, I spoke about the Grease um, musical mm, prequel yes. a couple of weeks ago. Um, they have this back catalogue of titles that are beloved IP, quote unquote. <laughs> and um, when you are launching your digital streamer, I think you 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 turn to the store cupboards and see what can you turn into TV shows. So we will, in the future, near future, I presume, be getting uh, different small screen versions of the Parallax, Parallax View and oh, yeah. the Italian Job and Love Story. Uh, love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah, and whatever. There's another one that has escaped me, but I honestly think I, I when I we were talk, when I was talking about Greece, there definitely will be a Top Gun uh, TV show without yes, a doubt. Yes, of course, without a doubt. Maverick's origin story, and um, this time around, so we get a remake of the 1987 Michael Douglas, Glenn Close, um, and Barker, I think, uh, movie. Yeah, his um, wife, yeah. Who uh, you know, and like. I have actually never seen Fatal Attraction, mm. but of course I know I won't be ignored or like yeah. boiling the bunny. And infamously, despite having never seen it, I did listen to a very good podcast about it. Uh, Karina Longworth's You Must Remember This. She did a great episode in her season last year all about how when Fatal Attraction was first released, they actually reshot the ending to make it even worse yes, <laughs> to, Glenn, yeah, yeah. to Glenn Close because audiences because wanted, wanted that. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, you know, nearly 30 years, nearly 40 years later, rather, um, sensibilities have changed an awful lot. And I guess in the near four decades since the movie was released, um, like sympathy has kind of uh, shifted towards the Glenn Close character. And this time around, Glenn Close's role of Alex is played by Lizzie Kaplan, who people will know from Mean Girls as Janice Ean and a million, million other things since then. And uh, the Michael Douglas role is played by uh, Joshua Jackson of Dawson's Creek and million other things fame. And I think um, what is they actually have a good like they're they're a good strong pairing for this right in the sense that uh, like Michael Douglas was it, like is sleazy right yes. like and he was always kind of sleazy even in the eighties especially in the eighties yeah. right no but that's but no that's looking back four decades he True, looked sleazy fair. in then he was like. Everyone. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, fair, fair, exactly. And um, uh, Joshua Jackson is more like homely, right, charming kind of figure in this, right? And, uh, we, you know, he's playing the local DA in Los Angeles. It's set 
in two split timelines, right? So it's it's set roughly 15 years ago at the beginning of the Obama era in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, and then it's set 15 years later. And in the very opening scene of the of the show, we see Joshua Jackson's uh, Dan uh, in prison. Having uh, you know up for parole, admitting to having murdered Alex. Right. Okay. So the the question is across the next eight episodes, how are we going to see this unfold? Now I have to admit, when I was watching it, as it goes between the two timelines, it took me so long to realize what was happening. Right. Like like in, like in, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. Right. Like there you know the next scene he was no longer bearded, his hair was cut, uh, and he was looking fine. I'm going. Oh, he got out of parole and he really cleaned up. Fashions hadn't changed that much. No, like as in I actually don't think they play well enough with the 15 year period, you know, to be honest with you. Like, uh, maybe it was as careless. Well, maybe nobody was saying, is that a new iPhone? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. Like, I I, could have done with it, to be honest. Um, So then we see him in, you know, he's the local DA and his career's on the rise and he's got a perfect family life and then something kind of goes awry and leads him down this path of self-destruction, shall we say, that ultimately leads him towards, uh, you know, casting his eye in the direction of this hot new uh, woman in the office who is Alex. And uh, by the end of the episodes that we have seen so far, we're about roughly the halfway point now in the season, um, uh, you know, she's only really just begun to emerge as the uh, the femme fatale, if, you know, that she, she ultimately becomes. Right? Yeah. And the third episode um, is kind of all of it told again through her perspective and we get an awful lot of uh, more background detail into who Alex is and the kind of manipulation that she um, pulls off. Now, to be honest with you, I kind of think it's a kind of cursed production here, right? In the sense that how can you update a controversial thing that's 40 years old, yeah, right? Yeah. Because you, you, you know, you swing it to the Wokarati, you know, oat milk drinking uh, brigade to turn Alex into this, like, you know, heroine and blah, blah, blah. And to a certain degree, it does do that, right? It completely, it humanizes her in, in you know, in a far hmm. greater way because it has an extra six hours to play to around do that. with, yeah, right? Yeah. The movie was a two hour 1980s pop boiler, literally. Right, and like, and this time around, it's it's eight long hours. I would say. I mean, the 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 episodes are repetitive. I mean, by the time we got to the third one and we're seeing it all again from Alex's perspective, I kind of was like, oh God, we're doing this again kind of thing. You know, uh, we're just we're just seeing her looking brittle from time to time and, mm. and staring to the side uh, angrily and so on and so forth, right? So all in, I think this is a perfectly fine remake. But I don't think anyone was asking for this to be remade. No, no, indeed not. And no. and I might, despite having never seen the original Fatal Attraction, I, I don't even know if it's, it might be, look, if it's going to be streaming anywhere, it's probably oh. on Paramount Plus, yeah. right? But, um, you know, uh, in the, as a nearly 40-year-old movie, I, it is it is still this cult, cultural touchstone of understanding like you you know people talk about it and it's a known thing she's a she's a bunny boiler came from that right yeah, this yeah. whole concept of that along with all the you know misogynistic baggage with it well right? I mean yeah that's the thing because from what basically like because essentially fatal attraction the, the, it, it kind of the 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 message almost of the film wasn't, ah, you know, he he strayed from marriage, but women are mad. <laughs> that was like, that was essentially what it was. Yeah. The, 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 the film towards the end, 
all the sympathy went back to Michael Goodis because women are mad, yeah, aren't they? You know. Right, yeah. So is this kind of recreating that idea? No, definitely not. This is trying to uh, to humanise it a lot more, right? And certainly because we jump forward these 15 years where Alex has been in prison uh, and as we see in the opening scene, he says, "I, you know, I, I killed her. I did, I did it on purpose, blah, 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 blah. Right? We are dealing with him, dealing with the aftermaths of it, of having had an affair and I guess, you know, the, the demise of his um, paramour, shall mm. we say, right? So in the future, or in well, I guess in the contemporary rather than the flashback scenes, he's also dealing with the daughter who has now grown up with whom he has an estranged relationship. Right, So at okay. least, right, so like at least it's following through on the fact that it's not just some rich white guy who actually does fine, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, it then does this big reveal twist, shall we say, to the plot at the end of the first episode that kind of strays back into mm, odd territory that, you know, uh, perhaps it would have been best avoiding. But all in... I don't think anyone was clamoring for this, mm. right? My understanding is that it ends it's you know it's it's final episode contains shocking reveals that are almost billing towards the second season and certainly nobody wants a second oh, season. Dear no. Oh dear. Oh god. That's the most horrific thing uh, <laughs> about this film. There might be a second se- second season of it. Uh, right, our second show is American Auto. You can stream seasons 1 and 2 on Sky Comedy and Now TV. Here's a clip. Cyrus, there's Don't someone. Don't worry, we'll stop just as soon as we stop it. it'll stop Cyrus, it. Stop, stop, stop it. There is no baby stop. stop. Now, let me put it under your elbow. Okay. It helps with I'm the okay. pain. I'm okay. I'm okay. They didn't hit me now. We think we know what caused the accident. Uh, alleged accident. Right. I might have coincidentally fallen to Leon Mount. Could be. Okay. Well, you know how I was saying that the car identifies objects using machine learning? Well, the operative word is... Machine learning. See, it still confuses dark tones with shadows. So occasionally, certain darker objects come off as not there. And my darker objects, you mean... Like a black cat or... A dark blue car, or darker brown skin. So you made a car that hits black people? No, 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 not intentionally. Right, so this is... It's almost like a genre of comedy, <laughs> yeah. really. It's except they just change the location and the industry. Exactly. Uh, yes, and uh, although I was sort of happy to see that it was not another mockumentary, right? Because like uh, the thing about sitcoms uh, of the moment is, you know, the the office in the UK came out and very much changed the landscape of sitcoms there, and then went across the Atlantic and uh, got remade and massively re, you know, changed everything about sitcoms to this idea of, you know, the mockumentary becoming almost de rigueur and then mm. passe in the space of three shows. And this time around, it is uh, like it's it, it, it is a workplace comedy, right? It's set in Payne Autos in Detroit, uh, which is this fictional Ford-esque, you know, American auto company that has just hired a new CEO uh, play in the shape of Catherine Hastings, who's played by Anna Gasteyer, who um, was on SNL for years and years before YouTube existed. So kind hmm. of never, like you, you might recognise her, but she's not Tina Fey, put it that way. But she has cropped up in numerous things, including uh, the aforementioned uh, Mean Girls, where she is Katie's mother. And uh, she is from the pharmaceuticals industry and arrives in this new job knowing nothing about cars and isn't even able to drive and some of the comedy you know is built out of that along with all of the other senior management teams so you have Harriet Dyer who is uh, was recently in um 
thing from Accounts, the Australian show that I really liked. On, oh, yes, on, yes. On, yeah. and, and co-wrote that, actually. Yeah. Uh, she's like the communications officer. You have John Barnholtz, who um, was in... Uh, a superstore of which Justin Spitzer the creator of this was also the creator of that in fact he wrote on The Office for a very long time and then he signed a deal and he was he, he was kind of thinking like okay The Office is going really really well I have this show about like this paper company in Scranton how, how can I kind of build on that and he thought it would be a really good idea to make a comedy about like the very top of the corporate echelon, you know, move like move the office base comedy to there. Mm. And he pitched it and it was a complete and utter flop. <laughs> and then he made Superstore, which is literally the exact opposite. You know, it's about like, uh, quote unquote, working class <laughs> know people. Know your place. Yeah, yeah, working class people in, <clears throat> in like a big, big box store, whatever they're called, the kind of Target or, you know, those yeah. kind of things. And... Um, that was a surprise hit, to be honest with you, and a very, very enjoyable watch. If anyone hasn't caught it, it's on Netflix. It's great. Uh, and that has ended. And then he has come back with this. Now, it's two seasons in. And while I was watching it, I was really struck by kind of the difference in in the number of episodes that has happened over the last, shall we say, like 10 to 15 years. Like sitcoms back, you know, when I was a teenager and before that, had like 20 to 24 episodes yeah, a season. Yeah. They ran for half a year on your TV. Mm. And because of that, you got to know the characters really well. And what works in a sitcom is familiarity with the characters or yeah. affinity to the characters. And now sitcoms run for about 10 episodes, right? So they have very little time to kind of build that rapport with yeah. the audience. And I, I had read lots of good things about this, but I had watched it in the past, or at least one or two episodes. And like, you're actually wasting your time watching two episodes of a comedy because you don't have any rapport with it. So I forced myself to watch it, yeah. right? And by the episode 10 of season one, which is the final episode, I was laughing away and I'm very happily working my way through, through season two. It is a very, you know, of its time American workplace comedy, right? There's archetypal characters, they but they, but their chemistry is funny, the jokes land. The, uh, if they don't land, there's a new one, you know, there's a new, new one, one on the horizon. Yeah. It is it is a real, it's just a, it's a charming, funny, now, sitcom. Will it rise to the levels of, I don't know, the really, really popular ones at the moment, like Abbott Elementary is absolutely beloved in the US. I don't think it's quite as funny as that. Uh, there's a there's one called Grand Crew that hasn't come here yet, um, which is about like it's kind of like the Black Friends basically. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm eagerly awaiting its arrival because I've heard great things about that. This is funny. It is like it is a yeah. It is well. Look, if you if you happen across it, it's funny. I don't know if it's appointment viewing, mm. but, but I often say you could do an awful lot worse than this. And yeah, you could definitely do. An okay, awful so lot if worse if you broke your legs, say, and you were forced to watch, <laughs> it would take your mind off the pain temporarily. It would. It okay, would. you can ask for no higher recommendation. <laughs> right, our third show is Star Wars Visions. You can stream all episodes of season one and two on Disney Plus. Here's a clip. Nobody's ever seen her and returned the ghost of Screecher's Reach. Well, we're gonna be the first. Sure, if we're brave enough to enter the mountain cave and face the sound of that screaming. No, they're just stories, right, Dal? I heard the ghost isn't a thing you can touch. You see it in your mind. Well, in my mind, I'm kicking her up the arse. <laughs> yeah, kick her up the arse. <laughs> Better, right? Having fun? Going to see a ghost. Beats the workhouse. What if you didn't have to go back to the workhouse? The farms? All of this? If you
you could just keep going. Would you? There are worse lives, Dal. There are better lives. So this isn't like, is it? Pardon the cliche, mm. but this is Star Wars, but you, in a way you haven't seen it before. <laughs> yeah, because somewhat. it doesn't look like Star Wars. Well, except we've seen season one. But yeah. yeah, right. So I would I did this I did season one when um when it was released, I think it was two years ago at this point, right? And I really, really, really liked it. It is it's kind of Star Wars light because it none of it is canon. So basically you don't really need to know anything about Star Wars beyond the fact that, you know, they've got lightsabers and there's a few robots and there's good side and there's the dark side mm. and then if you I guess you might need to know what a Sith is but they're basically bad Jedis and yeah. you probably know what a Jedi is right so the first season of this came out I think roughly two years ago and it was ten or whatever number of episodes all made by Japanese animation studios and they were some of them were really brilliant, right? Like really beautifully animated, interesting stories. And they're all only at the maximum 20 minutes long. So they're kind of really shorts, right? Mm. There are a number of shorts. And then they, re- re- uh, they it was a success and they released uh, the news that they were going to make a second season. And this time it was going to include much, uh, a global array of studios, including Kilkenny's Cartoon Saloon, which yeah. has episode two, which is called Screechers Reach. And uh, not to be totally and utterly jingoistic, was definitely my favourite of, of the okay, ones that I've good. seen. Admittedly, I haven't seen all of them just yet. So uh, the other standout for me, I did really like the Ardman one, the, you know, the, the Wallace and Gromit one is mm. very, very charming and very funny as well. So you go in, you don't really need to be a Star Wars fan because this is more about the animation. But what I will say is it's worth seeking out on Disney+. Plus. When you're, if you are interested in watching this, you can kind of move the move the dial <laughs> across, and there's a thing called extras where they give you like you know kind of like DVD extras <laughs> style thing, which obviously doesn't exist anymore because no, who's buying DVDs? And uh, there's a whole kind of ten minute, maybe twelve minute featurette about the making of this, where they go off and they interview Paul Young, who's the director. He's a longtime producer at Cartoon Saloon. This is his first directing gig for them. They talk all about the animation. So Screechers Reach is kind of the one I'll talk about because it has local interest. Um, it's about a group of children in a, like a very, f- like kind of, f- you know, famine era inspired workhouse uh, on this planet and one of the girls has this desire to go to this uh, cave that's way off and they go off on a kind of 80s style adventure where they're going to this cave that is reportedly haunted and then when they enter into it, they, you know, they, they encounter potentially the spirits within and what this means for them and their friendship, etc. And all this is done in like 15 minutes, mm. right? Now, if you've seen the Cartoon Saloon movies, you know, Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, uh, Breadwinner, uh, I can't remember what the last one is, but yeah. they're all brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like what they are renowned for is their absolutely beautiful animation. Yes, right? And yeah. like just gorgeous back, Wolf Walkers is the one, mm. but gorgeous backgrounds, beautiful style, beautiful music, how they incorporate kind of Celtic mythology mm. within all of those things. And they do that here. I mean, Screechers Reach is clearly an allusion to the Banshee as a ghost. Mm. And even just, I mean, the whole thing is just beautiful. Like it is, like every, uh, you know, every every frame is like a painting, is like a vista, is like something you would have beautifully on a computer screen, you know, yeah. as, a, as a screen saver. Yeah, but is it the case that like every animator is given a, bit, a fair amount of latitude to make it look like their style absolutely. rather than the, some you know, generic Yeah, Star absolutely. I, my understanding is like, and I'm, I'm open to correction on this, is that they just basically strike a deal with Lucasfilm or whatever branch of Disney it is and they're kind of given the remit to do whatever they want within the Star Wars universe. 
knowing that they can't affect canon, right? So they yeah, can, you know, yeah, they can't, you can't, yeah. can't bring back Luke and make Ooh, him, win, yeah. you know, a baddie, right? And what's really interesting in this one, if you are a Star Wars aficionado, because it's also interesting for those as well, mm. is that this is very much playing with, um, you know, uh, Paul Young explains that he loves the scene in Return of the Jedi where, where Luke is tested in the cave by, you know, by by visions of himself. Spoiler. And, uh, <laughs> and he, you know, it, it, it this is a direct kind of... Uh, Allegor- or allusion to that, shall yeah. we say, and and it's really like it's a very well told story. The music is absolutely gorgeous, and like I would imagine, if you're a, a successful animator and Disney comes and goes, here, I'm going to give you some money and free reign to mm. make a Star Wars program or short. Why wouldn't you absolutely oh, no. jump at absolutely the opportunity? Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Because in fact, we did. We were down in Kilkenny not long ago, and we did interview someone from uh, Cartoon Saloon. But he shut me up quick enough as soon as I asked him. They weren't allowed to speak oh, about right, it at okay. that time, of course. You know, all that was NDAs. Right, those three shows are Fatal Attraction, new episodes every Sunday on Paramount Plus. American Auto, you can stream seasons one and two on Sky Comedy and Now TV. And Star Wars Visions of, uh, uh, sorry, Star Wars uh, Visions, you can stream all episodes of season one and two on Disney Plus. So obviously uh, the one that stands out is Screechers Reach. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.